Hey, hey, thanks for tuning in to the Just Janice podcast. I am your host, Janice, and we know that the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. So in this joy-filled podcast, you're going to hear real-life stories from other believers. We're going to talk about the kingdom. We're going to magnify Jesus, and it's going to be awesome. So thanks for tuning in, and here we go. Hey, hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of Just Janice. I'm so excited for today's episode like I am every time I jump on here because I love being on here and encouraging your hearts in the Lord and getting into the Word of God. So if I sound stuffed up and tired, it's because I am and I am. But this message has just been on my heart for several days now, and I just felt like God was like, hey, time to record. So that is what I'm doing. So I want to start out with reading you guys 2 Samuel 24, 24, because I feel like this is such an anchor verse for what I'm going to be talking about today. And it is, I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. I'm going to say that again. I will not sacrifice to the Lord that which costs me nothing. And so I'm going to be reading to you guys out of Luke Um, chapter 7, starting in verse 36 here in a second. If you have a Bible and want to go there, you can do that. But I've been just having this reoccurring thought in my heart about the alabaster, which a lot of you may be familiar with this, and I'm just praying and believing that you will get something new out of this as I share today. But I've been thinking about what I give to the Lord, whether that's my gifts or my talents or my time and what I'm sacrificing to Him throughout my life, whether that's in ministry or, or behind the scenes and things that, you know, social media doesn't see, so to speak. And I've just been thinking about like my alabaster, what, what am I pouring out to the Lord? Am, am I pouring something out to him that actually costs me something? Is it worth anything? And so I want to read this before I kind of dive more into that answer and into that idea. So I'm going to be reading in, like I said, Luke Chapter 7, you can also find this account in John chapter 12, and then there's also accounts in the two other gospel books in Matthew 26 and Mark 14, and those are another time when Jesus was anointed by a woman, um, but it's a little bit different of a story in those two in those two books, but you can check them out because the concept's the same. It's just, it's just awesome watching someone pour everything out. For him. And so I'm going to start reading in verse 36. And like I said, I'm sorry, I'm like so stuffed up and my sinuses are just going crazy. So anyway, I'm going to start reading in verse 36. It says, Then one of the Pharisees asked him to eat with him. And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his head and anointed them with the fragrant fragrant oil. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to him saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him for she is a sinner and Jesus answered him and said to him Simon I have something to say to you so he said teacher say it there was a certain creditor who had two debtors one owed him 
500 denarii and the other 50. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me therefore which of them will love him more. Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he turned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman had anointed, has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. So there is so much in this story that I could elaborate on and teach on because there's just so many different aspects of it that um, are significant. One thing that I do want to hit on is the alabaster. And that was something that was part back in that day, in that culture, it was part of a woman's dowry. And that was something that she would put up until the time where she was engaged. And once she became engaged to be married to a man, she would break that alabaster at his feet. And so I, I love, I love that this woman chose to break her alabaster for Jesus, that she knew that he was the lover of her soul. And we know Jesus is referred to as the bridegroom and the church. We as believers are referred to as the bride and the word of God. And so I just, I love that aspect that she just saw him as her husband. She saw him as, as the lover of her soul. And so she took that, which was so um, costly and just broke it at his feet. And the Bible even goes into detail about how much that was worth. Like it was worth something. It was a sacrifice to her to take that alabaster of fragrant oil and break it at his feet. And then also even the aspect of her pride, like to go into this home of these like religious people. These were the Pharisees. These were the religious people with her reputation, which was clearly following her. They called her a sinner. They didn't even call her by name. She obviously had a reputation in that community and amongst the religious people. And she just didn't care. She didn't care about her reputation. She went into that home anyway. And she laid her pride aside, didn't care. And she just wept at his feet and wiped his feet with her tears. And oh, it's just such a beautiful picture of surrender and of just not caring and pouring her love and her affection out to Jesus. And, and I love how he goes into the fact that like, she loves me much because she has been forgiven much. And I think that too, with us, like, do we love him much? Do we realize how much we have been forgiven, how much he has done for us, how much he sacrificed for us? And, and if, if that doesn't resonate with you, or if you just maybe have even grown cold toward toward that. I know I've gone through seasons in my life like that where, where I don't really appreciate or, or I do take for granted the sacrifice that Christ made for us. I encourage you to go through and read the gospel accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Those are the first four books in the New Testament. Go through and read those because I want your heart to be reminded of what Christ sacrificed, what he endured, what he went through for you. And I actually was 
going to be speaking this last weekend about this, about relentless faith and about what Christ did and his relentless love toward us. And I didn't get to share that message because I got sick, but the whole like premise and like what I went through in my message, which I'm probably going to take that message and record a podcast for a stirred up podcast platform, which is called Wanted at the Table. I'm just totally throwing that out there. Go check that out because Anna and I get on there and we minister and it's a, it's a great podcast. So anyway, the whole, the whole thing that I went through and part of my message was just one thing after another of what Jesus sacrificed for us. And the very first thing is the fact that he left heaven. Like, I don't know if you guys realize this, but heaven is a good place. Obviously, people are wanting to be there. Like, people are living their lives uh, with with that idea of, like, I want to be sure that I go to heaven one day. And it's because it is a place where there is no sin. There is no sorrow. There are no tears. And so, Jesus left the perfection of heaven to come into a sin-filled, broken, corrupt, crazy world to live a sinless life, to die a sinner's death for us and even just what he endured with the flogging and the crucifixion and the mockery and all of those things. And as I was preparing my message, I was literally sitting on my couch weeping just at the thought of his his love that literally stopped at nothing to prove itself. And it still stops at nothing to prove itself. And I think sometimes for those of us who are in the faith or maybe we've been believers for a really long time, we forget about that. We forget about the sacrifice, the great sacrifice that he made. And we become like the Pharisees who see someone who come to the Lord, like this woman coming and she's weeping and she's just pouring everything out to him. And we look at people like that and we're critical and we forget what we have been redeemed from, for, redeemed from and for, what we've been saved from and for. And we become critical. We become hard-hearted. We become cold. And the, and the word even says that in the last days, the love of many will grow cold. And that's been my prayer over the last few days. Like, God, do not let my love for you grow cold. I want to stay on fire for you. I want to stay passionate for you and for the things of the Lord. I want to be in the word and I want to know more of his character and more of his love. And so this whole idea of the alabaster for me has just been like, God, everything that I am, I want it to be an alabaster to you. I want to pour my life out to him and for him because he's worthy and because I have been forgiven much (laughs) and I want to love much because I have been forgiven much. And so I think about that even with like worship at church, am I giving him my all? Is is my worship an alabaster to him? I've been um, really open in the last few years with like sharing my poetry, which um, you know, was a step of faith for me to, you know, and it feels like exposing to share, to share something that, that I've written that's like so near to my heart or whatever. And it can feel very vulnerable to share those with people. But I've been like, God, like this is my alabaster to you when I'm sharing poetry with people. We know like the word of God says that like to do everything unto the Lord. And so if I'm sharing poetry to minister to his people, like ultimately I'm sharing it as a sacrifice unto him. And um, even with speaking or whatever it is that you like your gifts and your talents and your abilities, whatever it is that you're doing, first and foremost, always do it unto the Lord, not for people. 
but people will benefit from it. And that is such a beautiful thing. And God has given us gifts and he has given us a role in the body of Christ that yay God benefits other people like your gifts benefit me, my gifts benefit you. But ultimately it's an alabaster to him. And so that's that's what I'm asking you today. What is your alabaster? What do you have that you need to break off and pour before his feet? And some of us that may be letting it all out during worship. Some of us it may be um, being more diligent and passionate in prayer. Some of us it could be a singing ability. It could be a speaking ability. I want you to ask the Lord and seek him for yourself and what that looks like because honestly the list is is inexhaustible. I even think about um, my our friend Zach. He came this past weekend and he took pictures of at a stirred up event, the one that I wasn't able to speak at, um, the one that I was um, going to speak at and wasn't able to because I got sick. But anyway, he came and took pictures and they're incredible. Like I, I got to benefit and see just, he so captured the heart of, of the conference and through photography. And like, that is an alabaster to the Lord. And so, like I said, obviously I, I don't have time nor even the knowledge to list everything that could be an alabaster to him, to the Lord. So I encourage you to seek the Lord for yourself and say, God, what have you given me? Because we know that every good and perfect thing comes from him anyway. What have you given me that's of value? What are my gifts? What are my talents? What do I possess? What What is in my possession that I could break before your feet and pour out as as a sacrifice to you to show my love for you, to show my gratitude for you. And I just pray that any fear of man be broken out of your life. And I think that is such a huge thing that keeps us back. That We know in Proverbs it says that the fear of man is a snare. And I think it's important to know like fear of man isn't like, oh my gosh, I'm I'm afraid of them. Like literally, it could be. It could be that you're actually afraid for your life. But a lot of times it's like, it's fear of being criticized or fear of judgment. It's fear of man's opinions. And so I'm praying right now in the name of Jesus that if you struggle with that, that it's broken out of your life so that you can give your all to, to Jesus so that you can pour your life out before him as a sacrifice. And like it says in 2 Samuel 24, 24, that's been like my heart cry is, God, I do not want to offer to you that which costs me nothing, that which costs me nothing. I want to pour out everything that I have to him to hold nothing back, to give him all of me. And so whatever that looks like, so be it. <laughs> that's that's kind of where I'm at with things like if I am supposed to write or or if I'm supposed to jump on here and do a podcast, even though I don't feel super great and it's really early in the morning. So if I sound tired, you guys, it's because I am. But I literally was like laying there in my bed. I woke up and I'm like, this message is just so stirring in my heart. And I just felt like God was like, get up and go record. So if I sound tired, it's because I am. So <laughs> I'm just saying that and I'm and I'm still sick and under the weather. But but this message just needed to be shared regardless. So this is my alabaster to him, my sacrifice of sleep, my sacrifice of of just of resting for now. I'm going to go lay back down once I'm done recording this. But but that is my cry in 2 Samuel 24, 24, that I always want to offer to the Lord that which actually costs me something. And I think that's 
that's a sad thing that we can fall into is like, I want to give God my bare minimal. I want to whatever. And so we fall into that rut of like, okay, like my relationship with the Lord looks like an hour on Sunday morning, maybe an occasional devotional reading. Like I might toss up a prayer before dinner. Like, and I, obviously all of our walks look different and, and how we relate to the Lord and what, what we're doing for him. It's going to look different for all of us. But the thing is, are you giving him your all? Your all may look different than my all. Your all may look different than your pastor's all. Your all may look different than the person behind you or in front of you at church. That we we can't get into comparison. We can't can't get into that. We we have to just ask the Lord and seek for ourselves and examine our own hearts and say, God, am I giving you my all? Show me areas in my life where I'm not surrendered. Show me areas in my life where I I am holding back. And I know and trust and believe he'll reveal that to you. And we have, it's just important to remember that we have personal relationships with the Lord. My relationship with God isn't going to look like yours. It may look similar in areas, but my relationship with the Lord is my relationship with the Lord. And that's actually something I used to tell my youth kids all the time. God doesn't have grandchildren. You cannot ride on the coattails of your parents. You have to have your own relationship with the Lord. And so that's what I would always encourage them. Get into the word, know the word yourself. That was like my biggest passion in teaching youth was teaching them to navigate the word of God, to know and love and apply the word of God for themselves. And a lot of them didn't necessarily even come from Christian homes. Some of them did, some didn't. But the biggest thing was you have to have your own relationship with the Lord. You don't, you don't, um, you don't ride on the coattails of other people. So that's the same for you guys with your pastor or leaders in your church or even people that you may watch on YouTube or whatever, like they have a relationship with the Lord, but you got to have your own. And that's like so important that we don't put people on pedestals and we don't idolize people because I see that so much in the Christian world where we idolize people and we put them on pedestals and we expect so much out of them, which yeah, we should hold each other accountable. We should have a standard for ourselves and for each other. And that is important. But then when people stumble or they fall, we a lot of times abandon the Lord or it makes us question our own faith. And it's like, no, 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 you should have a foundation of faith in the Lord for yourself that doesn't exist or isn't contingent on other people in their walk. And obviously, yeah, we're disappointed and we're sad when people fall or whatever, but we should be able to be strong enough to pray for that person, pray for that person, pray them into restoration and not feel like our own foundation is crumbling because someone else falls. I think that's really important because we're seeing that a lot in the church where a lot of things are coming out about leaders that are falling and things like that. And it's just, it's just so important that we maintain our own relationship with the Lord, that we're, we're in right standing with him, that we are in the word for ourselves, that we are getting into the word outside of Sunday mornings, that we are spending time with him in prayer outside of dinner time prayers. And and I say that and I kind of chuckle and laugh about it because it sounds ridiculous, but, but you know, that is the case sometimes. So I'm going to go ahead and pray over you guys and just pray that you are encouraged to pour your life out before him, whatever that looks like, whatever that alabaster is, whatever that alabaster symbolizes in your own life, I pray that God is going to reveal that to you and then you will just be bold in breaking that out before him and laying it at his feet. Father God, I thank you so much for the opportunity to jump on this podcast today. 
God, I lift up every single listener, Lord, and I pray that you would reveal to them what their alabaster is. God, what you have you have given it, given them, what you have given me, God, that is a value that is important, God, that we can break open and lay at your feet. God, I pray that there would be nothing, nothing in this world that would hold us back from living fully for you, that there would be nothing in this world that would hold us back from pouring everything we are at your feet, God. I thank you so much for the sacrifice that you made for us, Jesus. God, I pray that our love for you would not grow cold. God, I pray that our love for you would only grow hotter and hotter. God, I pray that we would just be so passionate and zealous for you, for the things of you, God, that we would, like the like the hymn says, God, that the things of this world would grow strangely dim, would grow strangely dim, God, that we would just be so focused on eternity that we would be kingdom-minded people. God, I thank you for what you're doing in our lives. I thank you for what you're showing us. I thank you for your word, God, that it is living and active, God, that this word, your word, it is living. It is active, God. It is our foundation, Lord. And so I pray that you would give us a deeper hunger for your word, God, that we would be so in love with your word, God, that we would take the time to read it, to apply it, to know it, to love it. God, I just thank you for all that you're doing, all that you're yet to do, God. And I just pray blessings over every listener. God, I pray that they would just fall more in love with you this year. God, that they would know you more, that they, that you would just reveal more of who you are to them, that you would reveal deeper depths of your character, that you would reveal deeper depths of your, your love for them, God, that it is so lavish. It is unchanging. It is immeasurable, God. Your love, ah, it's so good just wrecks me. God, I thank you so much for who you are and what you're doing and all that you're yet to do. In Jesus' name, amen.